0: I mean, I know that it's just the intro music, but I really like that. I don't. I mean, that's why I chose it. But it, it's it's super calming. It and, is very calming I and really... very very groove oriented. I'm 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 a big fan of the groove. Anyway, hey, welcome to the in between. We're you. uh, <laughs> thanks for being here. When I asked you to be here, <laughs> everybody else who's not required to be here, thanks for tuning in. Um, we had a great discussion last week and discussion, you know, kind of points to more people talking, but, uh, Chris gave us some, some awesome things to think about last week. Um, and, and honestly, I was thinking about, uh, how, you know, you know, may, I don't know where you're coming from, but maybe the, maybe part of the, uh, inability to, engage with everything that's happening is just a compassion fatigue thing. Yeah. Like there's just, it, it, this year has just been bonkers. I mean, I know I've had basically three deaths in my family in the last month and, um, or month and a half. And it just, it feels like one more thing is just too much, too much, um, with everything COVID and now all the stress of that stuff. And now we got, um, a horrific um, murder of someone caught on tape and that's just tape. Like that's actually a thing anymore Um, video. And you know, that's being widespread and, and having to engage with all this just feels like too much, but it does not uh, excuse us from it. Um, And we need to, we need to make sure we're understanding um, each other and the, the reality that maybe does not touch our lives, but how it is reality and, um, is very much affecting the lives of people that we love and we are, um, hopefully engaged with and, and trying to, um, share with as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also, um, just fellow image bearers. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's real and we we need to um not grow weary in doing good. Right. Not grow weary in um in those things, which right now it feels like weary is exactly where we are. But I really appreciated it. I I appreciated you speaking to what's going on right now and and I just I mean I wanna go ahead and say to everybody who is listening, this is not something that Christians need to be scared of and we as as your pastors and and staff are not going to be scared of talking with you about stuff like this so if if, if you want to talk like let's let's talk let's mm-hmm. let's figure out um what we need to do in our own lives um what we need to engage with what we need to be um um actually putting our efforts towards um in order to change starting with ourselves and then reaching into everything else that's going on
1: well that's the main it's hard it's easy to get kind of bounced around in a conversation like that and that's the the um that's why I kept coming back to and my main point that I wanted to make whether it ended up being the, the foundational theme or not was that as Christians we respond as Christians
0: yes right
1: and that's we respond to every crisis, pick it, whether it's, you know, COVID nineteen or, or murder hornets or race riots. Like we, we always respond as Christians. That's who we are. It's who we are yeah. first, and all other identifying traits are inferior, related to our relationship with Christ. I mean, that's we count everything else as lost compared to that. And so, right, that's our. I feel like as the church, and I think the church is doing. A lot of that. I think we have come such a long way um, in so many ways, but we have enough friends of color in our community that we know it's not done. right. And so we don't, we don't ever want to become part of, the, of, of some political movement. What we want to be is part of a, a peace that Christ offers right. from, his, from his kingdom to this world.
0: And engaging with, with those things, um, as they're coming to us and not being afraid of them. Right. Yeah. Like, and you know, we, we jumped straight from, I mean, you talked about it, the, um, you know, our church has been heavily involved in caring for orphans yeah. for right. years now. Um, and we, we want to keep doing that. Um, and you know, then when the border stuff happened, we were trying to figure out what, what, what were we going to do there? And that, that's not, that, that hasn't gone away. That's right, um, and so like the, and, and then this, this, um, comes to the forefront and we're trying to engage with that. And it, you know, I think that, that sometimes it's that either the fatigue or the, the fear of one more thing, right? you know, that we're, we're trying to protect ourselves inside of it in some way. And that's just not appropriate for, for Christians. It may be appropriate for Americans. It may be appropriate for Texans. It may like, you America is going to run out of the ability to help in right. certain ways that America is going to run out of funds. America is going to run out of influence. America is going to run out of Texas, name it, whatever, whatever other designation you have for yourself is going to run out. Right. But we're Christians and the, the, you know, one of the biggest benefits of being a Christian is that we don't run out mm-hmm. right? because our supplier is owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Right, if, exactly. If that doesn't mean anything to you, he's super rich. Right, exactly. He's like, it's all his. He's got it all. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I think that that you know maybe it's maybe it's an evangelical thing, maybe it's a Baptist thing. Um, we we have tried to come up with a way to react to certain things. And I think we've done a good job of that sometimes, but we forget that the Holy Spirit is actually what's providing all of that and I mean, if nothing else, just remember guys we we need to be saturating our lives with prayer and with um, feeding off the word um and and making sure that that's where our supply and our answers are coming from and not our own reason. Mm -hmm. Though God has given us reason and we can use reason, like that's not, it's not the primary, um, as Christians, we're, we rely on him.
2: Yep. And it's an interesting thing that you're talking about reason with the notion of, I guess it's even how our culture is moving today, um, where everything should be. Kind of a, a simple or clever or clever bumper sticker or yeah. Bumper sticker remark of like,
0: I guess bumper sticker has been replaced by Meme. meme. Exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. You're right. That it, that it needs to be this, this consolidated, short,
2: like plenty, like this yeah. answer that solves everything. Right. Yet, where it's anything that, that small isn't going to address it. Isn't going to no. answer right. it in full. You, I mean. It's all going to contain a, an aspect that's, yeah, that, that touches on an aspect of this that is real. Right. But because it's so boiled down, it's also going to contain an aspect that's not, that's not right. true. And I think, again, that's where a lot of, you know, I was talking to uh, somebody else this week about just the fear of engaging in these conversations as that's mm-hmm. that was one of their main fears is like everything, everything that is said has something to be unsaid. Mm. right right and, and so how, how is this a um a successful endeavor how can we ever kind of engage in this in a way that's going to do it and and i think again what you what you had just mentioned john is that that is where our call to action is different mm. than our call to words um right. i think in the very beginning or at least in last week's staff meeting chris you you mentioned uh um dr tony evans and right. his kind of I think he had a 14 minute video or something he released yep. that I went back and watched because you had mentioned it in staff meeting and in there, his biggest thing is not, not necessarily a call to words alone. right? It is a call to actions and, and that is first and foremost, the actions of your heart addressing yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he, and then he moves into the expanding rings of then the actions in your family actions in your community then the actions in the surrounding communities yep. going mm-hmm. from there.
1: Yeah, that's his, well, how long ago was it that he was speaking at uh, Promise Keepers? And I heard him do that whole thing where he talks about if you want to change your, if you want to change your world, you've got to change your state. And if you want to change your state, you've got to change your city. And he worked all the way back down mm-hmm. to the self. I'm also just now listening to and I haven't finished it yet, but I have enough confidence that it will be great. Vody Bachum has about a 50-minute sermon um, from Ephesians 2 of course uh, on the recon- uh, what he, what is called racial what he's calling racial reconciliation mm. and um, i was looking at
2: your screen to see if it was vody bakham of the uh foot long gray beard yes or it is the foot long ba- gray beard yeah <laughs> i still i still haven't adjusted in my head the image of bearded vody <laughs> bakham man did. i
0: think i think i first heard vody bakham at a um, at a like a student life camp or something yeah. Um, I mean, that was a long time ago. And I remember just being enthralled with that dude.
1: I, he has the gift that I have said for years. I, I covet like as the if God showed up and said, like Solomon, hey, Chris, I'm going to give you one skill. i would be like, I want to be able to explain things succinctly and in a way that's so memorable. That's like quotable. And everyone will be using that that analogy from now on. When they deliver this sermon, they'll use that analogy. And Votie does that. Mm-hmm. With, it seems like every sermon it's like, well, that's the way that should be said. it yeah. he just tastes so brilliant anyway. anyway, all, all right so yeah. I think one of the things that's interesting, one of the things we talked about that we're running into in Daniel 4 is the need to relearn the same lesson over and over again. Yeah I certainly would say that applies to things like ethnic conflict in our nation. I mean mm-hmm. it's a every 10 or 15 years we're seeing this again. A lot of people don't even know, We've even seen these together by the way, during the Spanish flu where there were some of the most lethal race riots we've had in America happened during the Spanish flu in the 1918 1919. So it does have that feel of we're not we're not getting this, but as we talked about with, with Nebuchadnezzar, okay we, he, he is getting it, but at the same time he's not getting it. like both of those are true simultaneously. He's getting it, but he's not getting it and
0: yeah. that seems important. And there's, there's also, I mean, we were talking about it, how he, um, you know, he has this dream that's troubling to him and he doesn't go to Daniel first. And I'm not really (laughs) sure like if, if that's like a, oh, I forgot. Or if it's like a, oh, I don't want (laughs) to, I really am hoping this doesn't mean what I think it means. Maybe one of my yes men will tell me it doesn't mean this. Yes. Um, and nobody's willing to touch it.
1: I totally think that.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I lean towards that as well. I mean, they're, they're. Obviously, again, there could be room. We could be wrong. Like, there yeah, could, oh, be yeah. could be room. There could be 20-year gap in here. Right. Yeah. A, a, a large amount of time or Daniel's become so successful in all the things that he's done that now it's like, oh, well, he's not just the dream guy. Yeah, he's not now the dream boy anymore. Yeah. He's six or seven other things that Nebuchadnezzar finds in greater fancy. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. You really were good at that a long time ago. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that's the case. But mm-hmm. I, I just have to imagine that this is this is much more – Nebuchadnezzar's had this dream again, he's afraid he's mm-hmm. troubled, you know, and this is, this is going to be a theme of how God captures Nebuchadnezzar's. It's through his, um, anger and his emotions and his troubling. And, um, so he's, he's troubled again. And in this moment, I think he has that. Okay. I, I, I think I might be the tree. And I think this might mm-hmm. be the, again, this, this holy one, this, this, you know, kind of watcher, um, Who's who's present here? Is this going to be a messenger of Daniel's God? I mean, kind of leaning that way. But man, I don't want that to be the case again. I want this to be in my favor. Let me go ask all the other guys. Let me start with them, see if one of their gods can stand up, see if one of them can do this. And then, yet, like, again, a repeat of the same story, they can't. Right. Now he brings in Daniel. He's like, all right, let's give his best shot with him. Yeah. And then he gets the result he feared
1: i really I lean that way partially because so this is one of those weird things being a therapist, so no no one no one not many people take dream analysis very seriously anymore you know the good old Freudian mm-hmm. dream analysis stuff no one takes that much seriously, but people still come into therapy and want to talk sometimes about a dream they've had mm-hmm. and what it means and and all that kind of stuff and and um one, I don't ascribe a lot of meaning onto dreams necessarily. I usually do a whole lot of, well, what do you think it means? Because you're more likely to have the intuition yeah, for what it probably dream. should apply to. Um, but when you, if someone comes and tells me this dream, if a king comes and tells me this dream, I don't think it's that hard. And so that's gotta tell them, Nebuchadnezzar's a bright man. Yeah, I think Nebuchadnezzar's gotta have a concept of, oh gosh, I do think this is probably what this means. But, yeah, I agree. I think I think he's looking for someone other than Daniel to give him an answer. And when everyone else fails, because he doesn't do the whole scientific experiment. Hey, guys, I had a weird dream. It troubled me.
0: Tell me what it is. Tell, Tell me, me what, what it, it is. is. Yeah, he
1: doesn't do that. This time he tells them the dream. And, yeah, anyway.
2: that is That's an interesting concept of I've never thought about it from that opposite perspective of, oh, yeah, this so clearly means this. <laughs> and yet, all the wise men of Babylon shall be brought before me, and they'll make the dream known to me, and they can't.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm He's not like, sure it's can't.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Might be a, oh, I'm not touching. Yeah, exactly. I,
2: I won't be uh, commenting on
1: this. Okay.
0: You remember that one time he yeah, threw those guys that. into the
2: furnace?
1: Yeah. It's probably them going, I think we ought to ask Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I think bring that guy in. <laughs>
0: I don't I don't like Daniel very much anyway. Why don't you why don't you ask him what this means? And we
1: by the way, we're gonna see that. Nebuchadnezzar catches this, by the way, because Nebuchadnezzar has to tell Daniel, don't be afraid to Yeah, don't be afraid. Because I think I think no. that's because Nebuchadnezzar has a pretty good sense of what this dream means. And everybody else is afraid. Everybody else is afraid. He calls Daniel in. Daniel's his best shot at this point. And I I, I am I picture a stressed out, frustrated. Uh, whatever scared Nebuchadnezzar at the beginning of this chapter. And as it go by the time he calls Daniel in, I pick, now this is nothing clearly in the passage or anything. I picture a resigned Nebuchadnezzar yeah, who's like, okay, they're not telling me.
0: It's like when the doctor's not, what it is. like they're, they're whispering to other people and you're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know what's going on. That that's, that's not a, that's not a happy thing that yeah. just happened.
2: Well, and, and it's interesting because again, throughout this, You know, we talk about the three Hebrew children being known throughout most of the book by their Babylonian names. Right. And and here, though, in verse 8, he just keeps calling them. Daniel's called both. He's called both. At last, Daniel came before me, he who is named Belshazzar, after my own God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And so I told him the dream.
1: Further down, it actually says Belshazzar without Daniel. And I think that's the only time that happens. In the book of Daniel, yeah,
2: the very next verse. Then his actual address is, "O oh, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians," because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Well, so there's no okay, mystery too difficult.
0: So I might be wrong about this, but the way that I saw it is like he's he's re- recounting what what was actually said at the time. Anytime he's like saying what is happening, he mm-hmm. he says both of them, and then Daniel, whose name was Beltesh, it's like right. it's like on the other side of it, he's like his name is Daniel, but I called him Beltesh. Yeah, Belteshazzar, Belteshazzar, whatever. Um, but when he's recounting what he actually says, he always says his uh, Babylonian name.
1: Because I mean, I'm sure Nebuchadnezzar called him by his Babylonian name,
0: right? Especially in court, right? Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't give that up. But when he's talking about him, I mean, you know, if this is actually Nebuchadnezzar writing it, mm-hmm. or if it's coming, if it's being dictated by him, or whatever that is, like he. It's almost like he's saying, like Daniel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I, at at that time I was calling him this or Daniel, but I call him this. Like I don't know. There's it, there's an interesting thing to me in the like present, what's being said, and then remembering the past, what was said. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and a little bit of, even
2: of I think again how we should should see Nebuchadnezzar's. I guess process of belief in this yes. state of it's still Belshazzar after my own God, right? But I also need Daniel because right. I need the Most High God. Right? I need, I need the spirit of the holy gods, as he says here. I need that yes. also in here because I tried my God. I tried. Yeah. I tried Belshazzar. That was all of my wise men of Babylon. They failed me, so I need him, but also because he's.
1: Daniel. Yeah, what I really need in this is Daniel. Yeah. And there's an
0: aspect of this that uh that you were uh, mentioning before Chris uh, is is it kind of points to the how God is pursuing Nebuchadnezzar.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think it's amazing that here you have this pagan king and and it's it is at the this isn't like um I remember years ago being part of a ministry that they were intentional about hey, we we try to get the coolest kids to come to this ministry so that others will come. Like mm-hmm. if you get the really cool kids, everyone will come. And I get that. And there's a pragmatics in that. It's not, not particularly very first century Christian, but I get the concept. I don't think that's what's going on here. This seems to me like God is pursuing Nebuchadnezzar personally. Like not because he's the king of the world, but because he's Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And And I I just, I feel like God's concern for Nebuchadnezzar has nothing to do or very little to do with Babylon. God doesn't need Babylon. Right. But what God wants is Nebuchadnezzar. And I just, that to me is striking that that you have a God who is reaching out to this pagan king at this personal level multiple times in his life to try to teach him this same lesson. Mm -hmm. It's not about you, Nebuchadnezzar. I get why you think it is, but it really isn't. It just isn't, and that to me is very though. Even though it's, uh, I don't know if the right word is intimidating, a little scary. What means God will go to to get our attention, right. um, but at the same time, it's super comforting. It just this feels like a, someone who God loves.
0: God will go God to wants him. the the extremes of, you know, for lack of a better un, awareness of what exactly was happening. A mental illness, <laughs> maybe a, so. A a mental break, yeah. Um, and it might be, it might not be. Um,
1: That's we talked about that a little bit too. We can, I know we're probably running short on time, but the, a bit. to transition into that too. But so I'm not one of those people who thinks that that you can divide the identity of a human neatly into body, soul, spirit, mind, what whatever the different divisions people talk about. The different um, the, those are the different substantial arguments. How many substances are humans made of? If we want to go more theological, but no matter how many there are, the material and the immaterial. I don't. I'm one of those who don't think those are easily like extricable. You can't just divide those out. Like, oh, this is a mental illness. Therefore, it's this. It's it's spiritual or it's mental. It's not physical or vice versa. I don't. I don't, I don't buy that. I think. I think they're intera- interacted. I think
0: we're amphibians.
1: Right. Exactly. Is it that? Uh, is it that? You know, someone has depression and. Therefore, there's no body relation to that. Or is it all body? Or is it only spiritual? Is it not? Or or they have, uh, you know, visions of demons. Is that because they're schizophrenic? Or is it because they're demons who are uh, harassing them? Well, they could be schizophrenic and the demons are using the schizophrenia that they have, this mental illness they have, to to assault them, to attack them. I don't know. I mean, Satan hits me where I'm weak. He doesn't tend to hit me where I'm strong. Right. And so um, I, think, I think that's part of what it means for us. That being said, uh, my opinion on this one is that this is not so much a diagnosable um, mental illness mm-hmm. as this is a special interaction with him and God. Like God is, and, and it masks, there's actually, there's actually is a mental illness. I'm trying to remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I'll have it when we get to it. But on the yeah. whole...
0: Like people acting who, like an animal.
1: People who think they're an animal, and there's particularly one who, for cows, and so that you're,
0: when you think you're a cow, when that's, you think you're that's, a cow, di- that's a diagnosable.
1: Thing. Um, so far as I know, What's there's only a the prescription for that. Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so many jokes demanding of being demanded of here that we're not going to go to, but the um mm-hmm. uh, that's a. I, I do think this is special. I think we see in the New Testament. I think we see people who are ill, mm-hmm. who get healed, and I think we see people with almost the identical symptoms who Jesus then casts out a demon. Um, I think that sometimes some of them in the New Testament, if they had had good anti seizure medication, it would have helped. Like I think there's, I think all of that is true. Um, this this one is special. This isn't just, again though, it it may be connected. Obviously, it is connected through his brain, his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think this one is, was not going away with anything except him lifting his eyes up to God.
2: Right. The humility that God's enacting on him.
1: Yep. Right.
0: Right, because it's not about you. Exactly. Which is a great tie back into what we were talking about at the beginning. <laughs> it's not about you. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to make it about you.
1: That's the pride. That's, that's the that's pride. Exactly how the, that ser- last week's sermon came into existence exactly. was, let's talk about pride, and then how is pride being lived out right now? Yeah. And it, it really was, the crisis of the moment seems to be about me, but it always seems to be about me, and we live in a media culture that's going to try to convince me that it's about me.
0: Because you're the only one that can buy stuff.
1: <laughs> that's probably part of it. hmm so I think that's that's what struck me is that a big part of whatever solutions there are to issues like um, the racial tensions and the which again y'all know I don't I don't love that word um, I don't buy that word but the ethnic t- tensions or whatever I just I do think that the first step for any of us is to confess our pride mm. and to walk humbly with God mm. otherwise. We're guaranteed to mess up any of it.
0: Right. hmm I
1: mean, that's yeah. why we, we've talked about trying to get, uh, you know, some African-American leaders and friends to join us on a podcast, which hopefully we'll do at some point. But, you know, Stephen Young, who I consider a good friend, who's a pastor here in town.
0: Kilton McCracken.
1: Yeah. I thought you were just—I didn't, I didn't catch that for a second. What you were saying. Sorry. That's another person.
0: That is you another breaking up a nickname for <laughs> yeah, a for nickname.
1: Stephen Young. I was like Stephen, like, he goes by Kilton? I didn't know that. No,
0: Kilton, uh his name does sound like it. You know, it should be. It's so funny because it's it's so uh, it's Scottish. It's so Scottish. <laughs> yes, you know, like, it wait a minute, <laughs> but he's yeah. I love that dude. We well,
1: get to buy him a kilt.
0: Yeah, we do. That'd be awesome. Let's
1: see if you can speak in that accent. The or Dexter
0: um, man.
1: But that's the honestly the reason Stephen and I try to get together a few times a year and talk about these issues, is uh, he is a man who I trust in his humility. He walks humbly before God. Yeah, humble. And so I can ask him questions that might be offensive, but because he is a humble man who loves me as a brother, he's willing to let me ask it so that I can try to learn and grow.
0: Which um, is the only way versa. you're going to. <laughs> right. Anyway.
1: Yes. So anyway, that's a cool thing.
2: Yeah, and I think the overall, you know, one of the, one of the concepts of, again— you mentioned how when you look at biblical concepts of race and you understand mm-hmm. that this is all human race and, and maybe even the closest thing in the New Testament to some semblance of different races is different maybe nations or people, but really what it is, it's the kingdom of God. Right. Pitted against everybody else. You yeah, have, that's right. You have the race of Adam against the race of the second Adam. I mean, you have yeah, you right? have God's people now being adapted as a new people, mm-hmm. a new creation standing in contrast to their old which is
0: why Paul says that there's no no longer any you know Jew or Greek. Jew or Free Greek or slay, sitting in or all of that. Yep. Like he's there's none of that. There's those who believe and those who don't. Right. And we're not we we are against the world because right. we don't we don't have the same God as the world. Right. Um and and our God is actually in control. Um, and we, we, we have to remember, you know, that, that following Jesus, you, you were, you were purchased from that side, no matter who you are, you were purchased from that side. You were, you were far off and you have been brought near. I love that verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and because of that, like you're, you don't need to be afraid of what that growth to becoming more like Jesus looks like. Right. It's not about you. Yeah. And, the. Uh,
2: state that is fighting against that from yes. being purchased from coming over yes is pride is pride um and i think that's what goes back all the way to uh, uh in a cross reference just pulling it up from job 33 um man this is to fit into daniel 4 um i'll just read i guess 12 through 18 behold uh in this you are right i will answer you for god is greater than man Why do you contend against him saying he will not answer none of man's words? For God speaks in one way and in two, though man does not perceive it Mm. in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber in bed, he then opens the ears of men and terrifies them with warnings that he may turn aside from his deed. This is man, man may turn aside from his deed and conceal pride. Wow! And that is the goal. And why, why does he want? Why does he want to turn away from his deed? Why does he want man to uh, repent from his pride, so that he may keep back his soul from the pit, uh, his life from perishing by the sword? Dang. And I think this is this is the battle of the two cities, so to
1: say. The yeah, Babylon and, was, and everybody else. Yep.
0: Very. I mean, that's very. Uh, I mean, just almost seems like it's taken from Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, but also first so first. A- applicable, um, applicable mm-hmm. to us today. Thank you, Paul. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you both. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you guys. Um, and we will uh, see you on Sunday.